0: On this episode of Hit the Deck, this podcast is for the children, and so is ball hockey up in Windsor.
1: The Windsor Ball Hockey Association expanding for the children's group.
0: And the Big Brothers and Big Sisters have a big deck hockey tournament going on up in Ontario.
1: So the Big Brothers Big Sisters Local Legends Ball Hockey Tournament is scheduled for Saturday, February
0: 2nd. Plus, they say waste not, want not. But we have a feeling you're going to want this waste. Parley for the Oceans reclaim polyester and other types of plastics from the ocean. And they are actually able to rework it into these plastic fibers. And they are creating the All-Star jerseys for this year's All-Star game. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. And theme. And the home of the... Episode 122 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey. It's hockey in sneakers. And how are you? I hope you are well. Uh, It's been a week since we've spoken. And by we speaking, I, I mean, since we have spoken at you and by we in the we have spoken at you, I am, of course, referring to myself and my, you know what? Let me just go into the starting lineup so you know who I'm talking about. So for tonight's starting lineup in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComaskey. And of course, my illustrious co-host on defense. Number four, I'm James Sejazy. Hey, bud, how you doing? I'm um, okay. How about yourself, sir? I am doing all right as well, although I am sad to report that that mysterious burst of continuous energy that I had last week left just as quickly and mysteriously as it as it arrived. I'm back to being the, uh, the lethargic old man uh, that I was before, so it was nice while it lasted. All right. Well, at least you had a good week. I, I would like to have one of those once in my life. Yeah. Okay. Well, what was I talking about at the beginning? I was saying, oh, since we talked at you. Right. Yes. Okay. So long story short, I hope that you, the listener, are well. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yes. So James and I hope that you are well, both of us collectively. I don't know if if you can count two people as a collective, but, you know, if you can, then I do. If we're part of the Borg, then yeah. Yes. (laughs) Resistance is, uh, give it a shot. See what happens. (laughs) but uh yeah so you know what here at the top of the podcast before i forget i don't have any funny little anecdotes about hockey or or life or anything else but i do have one kind of mini rant i want to get off my chest here and i hope you'll indulge me i'm sitting here this evening prior to the podcast beginning watching the rangers play the blackhawks original six matchup and So the Rangers, once again, this happens to them more frequently than probably to most. Once again, the Rangers have had a goal called back due to an offsides call. And I just want to talk about this offsides rule a little bit. It's nothing new and nothing, you know, uh, really controversial. But I just want to I don't get it. Like, I don't get the way they interpret the offsides rule. Allow me to elaborate, if you will. So when a goal is counted as a goal the puck has to cross the goal line in its entirety, right? It doesn't have to be on the ice when it crosses the goal line. It just has to entirely cross the goal line. Yes, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So in a similar fashion, in order to be onside, the puck has to cross the line before any player from the offensive team enters the zone. Any part of them is uh, no longer in contact with the blue line. Now, here's what I don't get. So the puck, when we consider when the puck is a goal or when the puck is onside, we don't count when it contacts the ice. We just count when the entirety of the puck is over the line. So I don't understand why the same standard isn't applied to the player, because this is what most often happens to the Rangers. It's not an egregious offsides. It's one of them is trying to stay on side and their skate is no longer contacting the blue line but it is still above the blue line it is still uh, over the plane of the blue line however since they are no longer contacting the ice on side it is counted as offside i don't understand why that standard isn't applied if it is clear that the plane is still broken by the the you know skate or whatever the, the by some part of the player's body I just, I, I can't explain that double standard. If, if James, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I actually, I think that's brilliant. And I've never thought of that specifically because it's true to be consistent. It would make sense for both rules because it's essentially the same rule. Yeah. And I do have a big deal problem with that where a player, if the shadow of his skate is, over the blue line, and the rest of his body is not, and he's trying desperately to stay on side. Okay, give him, give him a break. This is a problem, and and it, it makes me a hypocrite because just last podcast I was criticizing the NFL for their silly rules and the unsportsmanlike uh, way of icing the kicker, and this is kind of the NHL's version of that, where the coach can say, "Hey, you know, that guy's stick was." in the zone but the shadow of his jersey was offsides when yeah, the play, you know
0: don't yeah. don't even get me started on the inconsistency of the NFL i could do a whole show just on that but this is not an NFL podcast it's a hockey podcast so like but just just to be clear my issue with the NFL uh stems around kind of what constitutes possession of the ball like and, and and being in bounds like you can basically if your foot is touching the uh like out of bounds boundary by a millimeter or if you catch the ball and you you know you you have a slight bobble of it before you you like go down to the ground that is considered not a catch but like you can go flying across the you know out out of bounds across the goal line and just kind of wave the very tip of the football over top of the pylon. And that's a touchdown. It's ridiculous, but sorry, I digress.
1: No, nah, amen. Um, I agree with you hundred percent on everything you just said, but getting back to the, the onside rule, is that when you're splitting hairs like that, I have a big problem. I didn't even think about that. That's that's a brilliant uh, observation where if the player skate is above the blue line, that should still count as being onside. And this is what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and the play that, that Gary is specifically speaking of, which just happened between the Rangers and the, the Blackhawks, was I don't want to call the player out because I love him so much, but he really did everything he could to stay onside. He stopped and, and he leaned back. And he tried desperately to stay. And it was barely, barely, barely offside. So I guess the Blackhawks figured, and and no respect to John or Blackhawks fans here, I'm not beating up on the franchise at all. It's just as the example of what happened tonight among many nights when this does happen, is that to take away the momentum, and and especially when they're away, that, uh, okay, it was close enough, let's give it a shot and see if, if we win and they overturned the call. If it's something that, that you're splitting hairs about, that is really when the team did everything they could to try and stay on sides, but barely, 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 and it had nothing to do with any play whatsoever, it really had nothing to do with you know the 50 feet it took between the blue line and to score the goal. Nobody was interfered with, had nothing to do with anything, but because of the rule being strictly what it is, and because of the technology being as good as it is now with the high-speed cameras, and they have the iPads on the on the sides and eyeballs everywhere in Toronto and whatnot. I have a big problem with that. Uh, I do in one aspect, I, I apologize for being inconsistent myself. I don't like when referees or umpires affect a game when it's a blatantly horrible call. But when you're talking about something with the naked eye and the great job that these referees do night in and night out with a game that's fast as hockey. And they really do the linesmen, We're, we're really rough as fans on, on the refs and the linesman. But when it's something that is so minuscule, just, just let the game flow. It really, I have a problem with replays and, and, and stuff like that. When it's, when you're splitting hairs, I don't think that's necessary, but I agree with you hundred percent. That's a great philosophy. I got to look at the rule too. I don't know that they should be consistent with the onsides and uh, the, the puck going over the goal line.
0: This rant has been brought to you by the NHL, the National Hockey League. We really have very little to do with this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Well. Anyway, so how how have you been elsewise? I, I think I asked you that already, but it bears repeating. How how's you know how's tricks, James?
1: Thank you for asking. So I won't bring everybody down with the misery that my life is, but I will brag about my family. And uh, my brother brought his son to my nephew's very first hockey game. It was the, and, and Islander fans, please tune out here for a second, but it was the Rangers-Islanders game at Barclays Center. Sweet. And, yes, and uh, his first game, his first victory, and the first Rangers win in Barclays Center, by the way. So that went really very well, and I'm proud that they came back in one piece and, and clean jerseys and lived to tell the tale, so that was very nice. So I thank the Islander fans for that. And it was also my father's birthday, so uh, you know, happy birthday, Dad! And for some reason, he gave me a new cell phone. Even though it was his birthday, he gives me a gift. So go figure.
0: Oh, well, that's wonderful. <laughs>
1: yeah. How about yourself?
0: Uh, I was okay, actually. I was in the Islanders' other home this past weekend. We took my daughter to see Disney on Ice, and it was Frozen. You know, they they basically reenacted the story of the movie, and they 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 did a great job. You know, it's whatever. Disney on Ice. But so we didn't actually get the seats this time because we went with uh, friends of my wife and the seats that they got, we were front row, like front row down on the floor. And it was remarkable. Like, you know, the the ice surface was literally on the other side of, you know, not a carpet, but kind of a, you know, one of those like uh, rubber mats that you, you walk on, basically. Yeah, so it, we were just like feet away from the the skaters and the performers so that was pretty cool Zamboni came right by me in, at intermission is uh oh it, it's it's wonderful and uh so yeah that was that was a lot of fun it it's it's only it's not really related at all you know there's skating which is kind of also related to hockey which is sort of related to ball hockey but so really whatever there's a Zamboni so I think it it counts as being worthy of bringing up
1: Hey, man, anytime you could bring up a Zamboni as hockey fans, you got to do it. So well done, sir. Yeah, thank you. No, it was a fun show.
0: And I I wore an Olaf hat because it came with the cotton candy. And (laughs) my daughter took it from me. She claims it's not mine. It's hers. I don't know. Possession is nine tenths of the law. Although I guess she took it. So it is hers if I go by that logic. So anyway, not important. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I don't know where to go from there. Uh, Maybe we should just go to the (laughs) on-deck. That is not a bad idea. I will take your sage advice, and as such, I will ask you, would you mind telling us what's on deck for this podcast, James? I'd be honored to, sir. Thank you very much. Win-win scenario.
1: The Windsor Ball Hockey Association up in Ontario, Canada, is so successful that it's expanding with a league for kids and a league for girls. Big Deck Hockey Tourney. Man, Ontario is the place for deck tourneys. The Big Brothers and Big Sisters Local Legends Ball Hockey Tournament is scheduled for Saturday, February 2nd. The American Rhino and I will fill you in. And New Jersey. Thanks to the American Rhino's connection with Mr. Mike Richter, this fascinating topic was brought to HTD, 2019 All-Star jerseys that even Captain Planet would
0: love. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir earth fire wind water heart go planet the power is yours yeah i'm looking forward to jumping into that topic you know i everybody always gets on heart as being a lame power but i mean earth i i, I guess i guess he had the power to command rocks and stuff that's kind of what he did in the at least in the opening theme if i'm remembering correctly but i mean Water's pretty obvious. You can just kind of, you know, shoot water around and stuff. Fire. I mean, fire is a potent weapon, obviously. Wind, you can blow people around. Earth is just... Earth is kind of lame, too. I'm sorry. Like, I just you know heart heart is heart is admittedly dumb although if he had the power to like compel animals to do his bidding that could be pretty formidable if you're talking about like rhinos and and hippos and crocodiles and elephants and like there are some pretty deadly animals that you can commune with and and you know carry out your 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 terrible terrible bidding but uh yeah i don't know i think i think earth gets overlooked as a lame power i'm That's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Okay, Come at me, uh, bro. I say bro because he really was kind of a bro that, that guy that had earth. He was, uh, he was, yeah, I don't, I'm done.
1: I, uh, the only thing I'm familiar with and and I'm sorry about Captain Planet is, um, I know LeVar Burton did a, a voice for one of the characters. I don't remember which one it was though.
0: I do not recall that.
1: Hopefully it wasn't Earth,
0: but anyway. No, that was, no, it definitely wasn't Earth. Okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. I don't know why I felt the need to go off on a Captain Planet rant, but- But <laughs> well, I brought him up, so- You know, here we are. We're the well, planeteers. The- you can be one too, because saving our planet is the thing to do. Looting and polluting is not the way- hear what Captain Planet has to say. The power is yours. I watched a lot of television as a child and uh, cartoons especially, so I really have no excuse beyond that. (laughs) Well, maybe the NHL will have Captain Planet there as they uh,
1: unveil their incredible jerseys on the All-Star weekend.
0: I mean, there was literally a bad guy called Luton Plunder. Oh no. That like it wasn't it wasn't a great show, but you know. Was was he buddies with Psy Kill by any chance? No, you that's a different cartoon, I believe. Sorry. <laughs> that was uh that was GoBots, right? Yes, the yes, GoBots, the Go-Bots, <laughs> the GoBots da dot dot da da the GoBots. The uh, uh the less good Transformers? Yes. I bet you, Psykill had a had a really big uh, uh,
1: carbon pr- footprint. You know,
0: <laughs> I did have. I think I like. I had Gobots on tape, so I watched <laughs> Gobots from time to time. And I think I did have. Maybe it was Leader One, who I think was the Optimus Prime analog of the Gobots. I think I had a toy of him, but I can't recall. I I know they like. They didn't transform nearly as as well, or you know, in such a cool fashion as the actual Transformers. So that's probably why they didn't last, since these cartoons were just basically half-hour toy commercials.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I did like Leader One because I believe it was an F-14, but uh, anything associated with the, with the U.S. military is always tops in my book. But that's where it ends with GoBots.
0: Now, was that—we've I, 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 discussed this on the podcast before, but I, I have a terrible memory. Was that the same model as Starscream? That was the F-15. F- oh, Starscream was an F-15, okay.
1: Yeah, and uh, Thundercracker, and uh, I can't recall the third Decepticon jet.
0: hmm that's all right.
1: Warp. Uh, S- Skywarp.
0: Sky Skywarp, yeah. yeah all right. Jinx! Jinx again! Okay, there we go. <laughs> all right, but anyway, let's go warp to Ontario, Canada. Uh-huh. Speaking of Ontario, Canada, which we weren't, but okay, <laughs> go with it. Sure. In an article by Jim Parker
1: of the Windsor Star, the Windsor Ball Hockey Association is starting up a league for kids and a separate league for girls. And they have two opportunities to sign up. The first one was actually on my father's birthday on uh, January 13th. And the next one at the recording of this podcast is on February 3rd. We will definitely have links to how you can look into that if you're in the area or if you know somebody from there to go check it out.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you say happy birthday in Italian, but that to your father. Buon compleanno. Sure, grazie. what you just said. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Also, this, this is a momentous day, James. This is historic in, uh, in its, its enormity because the Rangers just, just scored an empty net goal, which they never do. Holy they're, moly. They're really bad at that, but, but they, they managed to do it. So that is, you know, that is something worth mentioning. Worth stopping the presses here on the podcast to, to mention. Very good.
1: Yeah, so just tune that out, uh, John, if you're listening. Uh, and sorry.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, look, John, uh, fair play to you. The Hawks uh, played, you know, hard and well. And, oh, they've just, I don't know if that's going to count. They just... Uh, yeah, they just scored at the Horn, but I don't think it's going to count.
1: All right, but I'm sure that John will be just fine with the three Stanley Cups that they just recently won. So I, I think it'll be okay. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> you will have to <laughs> console yourself with those Stanley Cups.
1: Yeah, you know, dry your tears with the uh, with the rally towels and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. My sympathies. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, it'll so, count. Yeah. Anyway. Um,
1: yeah. So WBHA President Brian Anthony mm-hmm. is very excited about this. Uh, the Windsor Ball Hockey Association expanding for kids and for girls. For the children's group, he says he wants, they're looking for five age categories, ranging from players born from 2001 and 2002 up to 2009 through 2010, mm-hmm. and only 60 players per division. So kind of a tight little area there.
0: Is that, do we think that because it's just a small town and it can't accommodate more players or they just want to keep it small to kind of, you know, maintain a level of play?
1: Yeah, I would probably imagine that it would be level of play. Plus it's held at an arena known as the WFCU center. So I don't know how big that is and, or, uh, weather wise and so on and so forth, but the idea, so I, yeah, I think it would be just to keep it, uh, controllable um, whatnot, um, because it's, as we'll get into another topic about Ontario, they really know what they're doing with deck hockey and I'm sure ice hockey and, and any other form of hockey up there as well. But the season would start from April 20th and run through June 29th. And it would be nine weeks of play for $180. You get the regular season plus playoffs insurance, of course, just in case, and hopefully nobody gets hurt. You also get a t-shirt and a jersey. Plus the year end party and uh, not bad. So it's all to do with convenience for family as well.
0: Yeah, you're right. If it was a, a large and significant arena, it would probably be called like the Activia Coliseum. Or the Silly Putty Gardens or something, you know, some some equally ridiculous corporate branding, which which we discussed last week.
1: Exactly. Anthony is also quoted as saying when school ends, the league ends. So it doesn't affect anyone's vacation. Not super
0: fan, Anthony. Let's be clear on that. Thank you, sir. This
1: is uh, WBHA President Brian Anthony. Right. Sure. Um, I mean, not
0: that not that. Brian Anthony can't become a super fan. We'd love to have you as part of the Hit the Deck family. So you know, uh, uh, let's let's upgrade that status. Yeah, definitely,
1: especially with with all the great work that they're doing up there with the WBHA and now expanding for minor and girls leagues. Uh, yeah, that that that's what we're we love that. We're all about that and uh, Hit the Deck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he also said to get the girls program. He's looking for a 15-year and over program. And for some reason, the cost is a little bit more for $200 per player. Maybe that's because they're older. I don't know whatever the case is, but I'm sure they get all the same perks with jerseys and shirts and whatnot. And he also says that it's a great off-season training, which is what Gary and I were talking about last week again, or last podcast. The benefits of ball hockey and deck hockey is that if you're in an environment where you don't have ice all year round or whatever the case is, you play ball hockey and you keep your ice hockey skills fresh and you can still keep the cardio up still have fun and be ready to go for when the season starts also just to to let everybody know that uh, february 3rd from 10 a.m to 2 p.m is registration and again gary and i will post the link for registration there for anybody interested and hopefully if anybody knows somebody in ontario give them a heads up
0: and that registration is going to take place at the forest glade arena there it is phew you know that that's got to be a uh, you know selling something. Forest glade has to be a brand name for I don't know some such. Yeah, so uh, there there you go. There's your there's your dumb arena name. Although you know I don't know what the environment you know, the the area the the natural habitat surrounding this arena is. Maybe maybe it was just built in the middle of a forest glade and that's why it's called that. But my money's on some kind of corporate. Some such with, with that name. Yeah. It has restored my lack of faith in humanity. <laughs> that was a close one. I know, right?
1: <laughs> but staying in Ontario and something that is really very important and, and wonderful, the Big Brothers and Big Sisters. If you're not familiar with that great cause, it's basically volunteers that can help out kids that unfortunately don't have the best life. Uh, maybe they lost their parents or they're homeless or whatever, or even if they just need a father figure or a mother figure, the big brothers and big sisters offer that. And uh, there's really nothing more important to a child than to have a really good, strong foundation to live the rest of your life from. And big brothers and big sisters, they do such a wonderful job with that. And it would be wonderful. I'm sure they'd all feel the same way that there would be no need for it, but since there is a need for it, do as much good and, and take care of as many kids as possible and uh, have a much greater future for the Earth and for mankind, too, because we need good people on this wonderful planet. and. It'll all tie in at the end of this podcast, too. But uh, anyway, in one of the ways that they can raise funds is through a deck hockey tournament.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? I we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but, you know, anytime you can play hockey for a good cause is a great day of hockey. Like it's always fun to play. But if you can, you know, accomplish something while you're doing that, then that's like that, you know, that makes it that much better. And that makes it that much more meaningful.
1: Amen. And I really think that deck hockey, for some reason, has such a great uh, draw to that because it is so much fun. And, And the point of it, as the WBHA likes to express, is it's for everyone. So you don't have to be an NHL level player. You can be a novice. You can just run around and have fun and have a few laughs too. You know, you don't have to know how to be a stick handler or whatever, but uh, that—that's the beauty of it, and it really seems to be a great venue for fundraising because just that anybody could play and anybody can have fun. Everybody can have fun, and uh, it's a win-win. Exactly, if you could raise some funds and have fun at the same time, why not?
0: I really wish I was able to play in more of these charity tournaments and games. If only because then I would have a better chance of justifying all the money I've spent on equipment to my wife. <laughs> yeah. No, sweetheart. It's for a good cause.
1: <laughs> well, the L I Q is a good cause. It's uh, we don't spend any money or, or take any money from anyone, and it, it's important to stay in shape and and have fun and camaraderie and sport and all that stuff. So, but yeah, God bless your wife for being so understanding and supportive.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather you know, I'd rather be helping people. It would give me more of a leg to stand on. But hey, for some of us, uh, a win on the deck hockey
1: deck is a great way to bring a smile to your face and forget your problems so Um, I think that's very helpful and something I sincerely miss very desperately. I want to play. I haven't played in so long. I miss you guys. Anyway, the uh, Big Brothers and Big Sisters have their finger on the pulse of what's good and what it is to uh, help out people. So the Big Brothers Big Sisters Local Legends Ball Hockey Tournament is scheduled for Saturday, February 2nd. And again, this is up in Ontario and we will have links to that if you're interested and checking it out, and even donating, there are ways to do that. The tournament has successfully raised more than $25,000 for local charities, and it started up in 2011, but they only did a 2011 and 2012 tournament and then took a couple of years off, and really no real reason there. The event coordinator, James Boynton, and excuse me if I'm mispronouncing his last name, he said that they stopped because life gets busy sometimes. So that's definitely something Gary and I can relate to, that yes, life does get busy, but I'm sure that there were some major reasons why they couldn't do things so great, but they've
0: managed to get it back up and running. Well, good for them. I will say this, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Salt St. Marie, the the abbreviation for that is BBBSSSM. They need to come up with a better abbreviation. Like, I get that that's the initials for their organization, but that's a, that's just too many B's and S's. Like, that's confusing. Yeah, Looks like somebody
1: kind of kept his finger on the keyboard. Yeah, and, I just and... fell asleep
0: on the keyboard.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's our little donation to helping out the uh, Big Brothers and Big Sisters. I-, I hope they heed your advice.
0: Oh, what tournament are you playing in? BBBSSM. <laughs> what? BBB SSM!
1: Hey, man, I don't know what you're into, but uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but... The cool thing that they did nail, and superfan Sue should appreciate this, is the cup awarded to the winning team. Mm -hmm. It's not the McComiskey Cup, but it's the Sue Ball Hockey Cup. The heck you say. Yes, it is. Now it's spelled a little bit differently than Superfan Sioux, but the name is the same. So that's the important thing. The tournament is for everyone over the age of 18. So I guess that is for safety reasons. And again, I believe we brought this up a couple of years ago. The last time that they did this is it's part of the Neighborhood Resource Center's block party, which is part of the Bon Sioux Winter Festival, thus the Sioux Ball Hockey Cup. And it's really a fantastic tournament and event and it gets a lot of people involved and it's all organic so people are already there and the team registration has already begun there are 12 spots that they're looking to fill again to keep it reasonable and manageable and to keep it within the time constrictions because I'm sure that they have to cordon off the block and, and so on and so forth. The cool thing is that each player is asked to raise a minimum of a $50 pledge apiece, and that is in lieu of an entry fee. All
0: right. Well, that's great. I mean... I guess, you know, at the end of the day, if you can't find enough people to pledge, you can just put up the money yourself. We've certainly played in tournaments where the entry fee has been more than that. So I guess that's reasonable.
1: Yeah, that's true. And the other great thing is all of it. 100% of that money goes to the BBBSSM. I think I may have missed a B or an S there. I
0: think you dropped an S, but it's okay. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, just out of curiosity, is the Sioux Cup presented by Tom Hiddleston? Because I think that would be appropriate. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. I don't know.
1: (laughs) We could reach out and find out maybe by emailing sueballhockey at gmail.com or calling 705-257-1809.
0: But not super fan ball hockey. I don't think that'll get us anywhere. No, I I think
1: that would get us in hot water with Superfan Sue, actually. (laughs) Having a bunch of creeps emailing her,
0: asking her weird questions. Do I have to provide my own equipment? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll just blame Gritty. Oh, later. We can blame Gritty later. Okay. You're jumping the gun here, James. Sorry, sir, sorry. And yes, there
1: are 12 teams and a maximum of 10 players per team for the Big Brothers Big Sisters tournament. And it's a four-on-four, including goaltenders. And you are guaranteed to play three games, and the teams must supply their own gear and goaltenders. And again, for more information, we will have the Facebook link, Facebook slash Sue Ball Hockey, and again, the uh, email and phone number.
0: You know, I'm just sitting here, I'm sitting here considering how inappropriate I should get with the uh, kind of innuendo. But you know, since this is a family podcast and discretion being the better part of valor, I I think I shall refrain.
1: You're a good man, American Rhino.
0: Sometimes, <laughs> occasionally, my good judgment wins out. Okay, good. It's uh, you know, it, it's a hard-fought battle, but you know, <laughs> once in a while, I do the right thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we can do a, a podcast after dark or something, because <laughs> you're a funny guy, and I'm sorry that you have to pull your punches sometimes, but appreciate it for the youngins out there who are listening, and thank you for listening. Tell your friends.
0: Hit the deck after dark. Oh, yeah. Bow, 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 bow. Grab a bag of balls and handle your stick right over to hit the deck. Oh, yeah. You did that a little bit too well. Make sure to bring a helmet. Oh, jeez. I didn't even, honestly, I don't even know where I'm going at this point. Like, it's. I. Let's jump over straight to straight off Day. the rails.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, you know, you work for HBO, and there is Cinemax there, and they're known for that stuff. So, well done.
0: That's true. I actually used to sit like diagonally across from the office of the guy who was in charge of programming for Cinemax. Oh wow, that's actually somebody yeah.
1: actually did that job.
0: Yeah, he had for a like so. Before Cinemax actually started featuring original programming, he had a great sound system in his office. And, like, I would, I guess he would screen stuff. And there were days when I would just hear, like, moans and and all these weird noises coming from his office. (laughs) It made it a little difficult to concentrate.
1: I'd imagine so. But a great excuse, like, the boss walks in. (laughs) The heck are you watching? Doing research.
0: Yeah. Well, he was a senior vice president, so uh, oh, okay. You know, he he had very few bosses, I would say. <laughs>
1: right, have
0: to barge in on himself. Uh huh. Okay.
1: Anyway, <laughs> so on the last podcast, the American
0: rhino had a great teaser. That is a seamless transition. Sure. <laughs> About- yeah. So I mean, if you listen to the, I'm 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 working here, James. I'm being sorry. professional. Be I, professional, sorry. James. Come on. Do, do I have to be serious all the time? I, I'm sorry. Pull it together, man. I, I will. I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm, that's not fair. I'm sorry. You deserve better than that. Anyway. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, <clears throat> no, honestly, though, if you listened to the last podcast, episode 121, you heard the American Rhino just kind of casually mention that this year for the NHL All-Star Game, they were going to be featuring jerseys. That were made from reclaimed plastic waste from the ocean. And I I mentioned this to James and he had not heard anything about it. And he said to bing because as we've discussed previously bing is james's search engine of choice so he 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 hopped on the webs, and he came up with the fact that indeed the nhl is featuring this plastic reclaimed jersey for the all-star game this year and we're gonna tell you all about it right here right now On this episode of Hit the Deck, you lucky duck.
1: It's amazing, too, because uh, you goalies really stick together. So I don't know if it's your number or the position or that you are such a huge fan of Mr. Richter. But uh, yes, Mike Richter is a founding member of the Healthy Planet Partners and Environmental Capital Partners course, NHL great, USA hockey great. Even after retiring from the NHL, he went to Yale, got a master's degree or whatever, a PhD. I don't know. The the man is just, he's a brilliant, brilliant guy. So the NHL has always been at the fore, again, not only with technology, but in being green and helping out the environment as well. So it just would make sense that one of its greatest sons would grow up and become a perfect link between the league and keeping our planet healthy and great and good for the future, as long as the sun is out there keeping things warm.
0: Well, he did make a lot of big saves on the world stage. So now I guess after retirement, he's just decided to transition to saving the world.
1: Well said, sir.
0: But anyway, so yeah, this is, this company is, well, Parley for the Oceans, you said? James, did you, <clears throat> oh, I just went through puberty there. James, James, <laughs> did you just say Parley for the Oceans? Um teacher no i'm sorry i've been listening to hit the deck after dark may <laughs> i be excused <laughs> talk about a ball drop hi oh. anyway so basically yes this uh parlay for the oceans is creating this new line i guess of of recycled materials called parlay ocean plastic And so what they do is they reclaim polyester and other types of plastics from the ocean, and they are actually able to rework it into these plastic fibers that, you know, it's it's basically a form of fabric when you have the end product. And they are working with the NHL. They've partnered with the NHL, and they are creating the All-Star jerseys for this year's All-Star game. And they're apparently they're they're you know pretty high tech jerseys that are both durable and breathable which you know I don't know how much use you would get out of that in an all-star game because it's a one off uh, in terms of durability but I I think for something like, you know, street hockey, uh, like we play, I could definitely go for a durable jersey. And, uh, you know, breathable, definitely, since we play in the summer. And, you know, obviously they're environmentally conscious, which is good for the Earth. So, you know, as James said earlier, Captain Planet would approve.
1: It's fascinating to me because exactly right that Adidas... They just won the bid recently for the last couple of years to be the official maker of the NHL jerseys. And they really went full tilt into coming up with the modern jersey that it is. And and as Gary was saying, all the technology that went into it with the wicking ability and its, its durability and you have to get the colors right and all that stuff. It's really quite labor intensive. So. To come up with recycled plastics or upcycled, as they call it, from the oceans to clean all that garbage out and turn it into something positive and functional and into a material where you can sew, I I can't figure it out. It's just absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, it is. uh, It's strange because on the one hand, you don't think of being able to do something like this. We have all this garbage that's just floating out there. And we hear all the time that this plastic waste isn't going to biodegrade for thousands of years and, and what have you. But by the same token, I didn't know that the technology existed to be able to transform it in such a way as to make it into a viable fabric. You know, and that, that's pretty cool. That's like, you know, Rumpelstiltskin level stuff right there
1: that's very true right excellent analogy
0: you know and considering how difficult it is to pronounce the names of some nhl players you know i could i could (laughs) see that being a a challenge as well well said
1: and another cool thing about parlay for oceans is that they even made jerseys for juventus which happens to be my father's favorite soccer team ah okay yeah, so they're they're tested and proven, and I'm really looking forward. Another reason to look forward to the All-Star Game and the skills competitions coming up on Friday night, January 25th, and the game on Saturday night at 8 o'clock Eastern on NBC, January 26th.
0: So, James, what you're saying? is that if tensions run a little high and things get a little testy, it'll be, uh, you know, Saturday night's all right for fighting. That's right. Usually in the all-star game, there's no hitting or anything. But yeah, that's uh, potentially sure. Yeah, but James, this year, this year we have Gritty. So nothing is oh, off the table. Good point. Good point. Have, have mascots ever broken out into a brawl at the All-Star game? I think we're about to find out. You know, uh, so l- let me talk a little bit about the design of these jerseys beyond what they're made of. So I guess since they came from the ocean, they wanted to kind of make them ocean themed in terms of them being crisp and clean. So they, they decided to kind of they claim that the design of these jerseys was inspired by the colors of the game. Which is, uh, they're, they're a crisp white, like a fresh sheet of ice, and contrasting black, like a brand new puck. Presumably not a puck that's coated with thermochromic paint, or chromotherm whatever it was. Whatever we talked about last week. I don't even remember what it was. But the special purple to white color-changing paint. Uh, I mean, that honestly, that seems like a gimmick that you would see on Saturday morning when you're watching the GoBots. color changes from purple to white
1: (laughs) 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 yeah let's see these jerseys do that (laughs) i'm not impressed enough
0: with kung fu grip Ooh. (laughs) like honestly i could see that being like a starting lineup figure where you you press the a button on the the figure and it rotates the torso like back and forth as if it's shooting a puck I can could, I could definitely see that. That's, that's something that would have happened in my childhood. Sure.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the colors because I just assume that since it's in San Jose and usually within the last few years with the All-Star game that the jerseys are an homage of the hosting team with the colors and so on and so forth. But yeah, the well, white and black. It,
0: you know, in a way, it is paying homage to the hosting team. Because they are made from recycled plastic from the ocean, and San Jose is the home of the sharks. Thank you, Professor Rhino. Sure. I mean, isn't isn't their arena nicknamed the Shark Tank? I believe it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I I presume that during intermission they have a bunch of rich investors come out, and they have fans try and sell <laughs> them on ideas for lucrative products that they can invest in. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Well,
1: I mean, this uh, technology for making these jerseys sounds like a great pitch, so makes sense to me.
0: I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You were starting to talk about the actual design for the crest of the jerseys.
1: Actually, I was just leading into a question to you about something historical with these jerseys, not only with the technology, but with the logos themselves. And that question is? Now, for the All-Star Game, at least in modern era, I don't know what it was like back in the 30s when they first started the All-Star Game, but in recent years that it would be the home team or in in the dark or the white jersey and, uh, you know, way back when, when it was the Campbell in Wales, then now with the East and the West, that it would be a consistent all-star jersey with what league you're in. And then you'd have the team you play for that logo on the shoulder and then like the all-star patch or, or something else on, on the other shoulder. But this it's kind of different. And I'm curious how this is going to play out during the game itself for the skills competition. It's pretty easy in general the players would wear their actual jerseys either home or away depending on uh, which league is hosting which is normal right but this is it's it's a little bit different now with this uh, super duper technology
0: yeah so they are basically the crests for these jerseys are the team that the players play for it's like So the color scheme is the all star color scheme, but the actual crest on the jersey is kind of a washed out version of the crest of the team that they play for. Not the actual jersey style necessarily, just the crest of the team that they play for, which, you know, in some cases they're one and the same, but but not not all, not always. And I think that's I don't like that. I have. To, I'm. I'm taking a stand. As cool as these jerseys are in terms of what they're doing and what they've been able to accomplish technologically with these, I don't like the design choice of having the crest of the individual players. I mean, it's. It reminds me of that scene from Miracle where, uh, or series of scenes where Herb Brooks keeps asking the players who they play for, and you know, they they keep telling him what college they played for, what college team. And they only become a team when they finally start saying, we play for the United States of America. That's like a huge moment in that movie, you know, to symbolize them coming together and gelling as a unit. And even though these players in the All-Star game aren't necessarily, you know, gelling to that level and, and they don't have the same level of pride, they are still a team. You know, ostensibly they are playing for each other. Obviously, as you mentioned earlier, the All Star Game doesn't tend to be as rough and tumble as your average NHL game, so they don't have to necessarily worry about sticking up for each other and having each other's backs. But still, if you're playing with other people as a team, then you should look like a team, you know. And and this kind of takes away that pretense and makes it more to be, you know, yeah, we're all playing together, but we're not a team. We're still kind of out for ourselves. I don't like that, especially in a sport like hockey where it is so interdependent. You know, I, I I just, I don't, I don't like the message that that sends.
1: Fair enough. I'd assume that that's probably just to sell more jerseys. Whereas uh, if you're a fan of the, I mean, yeah. And and as Gary said, if you're an Islander fan, if you're a devil fan, Bruins fan, you're really not going to see any difference because they have their logos on their jerseys. Anyway, the only difference would be that it's in the black or the white style And all the striping is the same and and so on and so forth. But for Ranger fans, for example, that they have the Ranger logo on there, the, the shield, as opposed to the word Rangers. That's kind of a, a different thing. But yeah, you're right. As you were talking about that, and I agree with you 100%, especially for the NHL. But on the other hand, to bring it back to ball hockey and deck hockey in a pickup league, we're kind of used to that already, where we have a pickup game and people show up in, in your favorite team's jersey. So you can have an Islander fan playing with a Ranger fan. And yes, that has happened. And it is possible with a Devil fan as well all on one team playing as a unit. But we do try and at least keep dark colors versus light colors to bring down confusion because there have been times when players are wearing blue. And, you know, just speaking for myself, out of the corner of my eye, I'm looking to make a pass and I give it to the wrong guy because one of my players is wearing blue, but the opposition, the other guy's wearing blue as well. So it does kind of stand for confusion. And so, I guess when you're watching it on TV, it won't be so bad because it's dark versus light, so Star Wars fans would be happy there too. But if you're playing in the game, I guess these guys are professionals, so maybe they'll they'll overcome it. But especially with the three on three and the games within the game setup, where uh, they, they they play each period as a game, will be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, that doesn't appeal to me so much. Like I I I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I get it. We we have that, that. That bothers me to no end when that happens. And it happens a lot more often than I care to talk about. But yeah, I, I wish we would make more of an effort for people to kind of wear the same jersey that that's neither here nor there. That's, you know, just a, a, a gripe that I personally have. And I guess James as well. But that's not something that you need to worry about necessarily. <laughs> but Yeah, you know, the reason that that happens is because we don't have, you know, a league behind us creating a set number of, you know, jerseys that that are all the same for us. I mean, we could buy the same jerseys, but... We, and, and we have kind of tried to do that in the past, but it didn't really take. And we never know who's going to be there from week to week or what teams we're going to be on. So it's a big investment for everybody. And, you know, I can understand why that. But the, the NHL doesn't have this problem. I like I get what you're saying in terms of them selling more jerseys and in fact they do stand to make a ton of money on this because these uh these jerseys these special edition adidas adi zero authentic pro nhl all-star times parlay jerseys will be available for two hundred dollars two hundred dollars two benjamin franklins (laughs) that uh you know that that you can own for your very own that's us of course 220 canadian but like you know, and I'm sure they will sell a ton of them, but I you know, I don't care about the NHL's desire to make money. I care more about the message that this sends in, in terms of what they're doing. But, you know, I, I guess it's just one more thing where integrity is sacrificed on the altar of capitalism. So eh, that's where we are now. And, uh, you know, I with that, I will descend from my soapbox. Well, while you're down there. Can you fill us in on what Gritty's been up to? Oh, yes, of course. It wouldn't be an episode of Hit the Deck if we neglected to tell you about This Week in Gritty. This Week in Gritty. And so what has Gritty been up to this week? I'm glad you asked. Not as much, at least publicly, as he has been in previous weeks, but I've got a couple of things for you. So first off, he was kind of hanging around bothering Claude Giroux when he was signing a whole boatload of pucks i don't know why i guess players do this from time to time for various reasons to sell or to give to a you know donate to a charitable organization or some such anyway so Claude Giroux is just sitting there at the table signing this mountain of pucks and gritty comes over and starts kind of bothering him like a, a little kid that's you know looking for a cookie and uh, eventually claude just gives him a puck and and gritty reacts like oh like a kid on christmas morning like oh for me oh my oh this is wonderful he starts kissing the puck and 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 just kind of oh he he's he's just uh, over the moon and that wouldn't even necessarily be worth mentioning on its own but there was one very important detail that I noticed in this video. I don't know if Gritty listens to the podcast. He has liked it a couple of times on Facebook. But so it, it came to be that once again, Gritty's jersey rode up a little bit. And last week on This Week in Gritty, I mentioned how he had a weird kind of fluffy blue belly button. Well, he doesn't anymore. Now he has like a... It, it it's basically like a big orange circle with an X, a black X over it. So I don't know if Gritty in the intervening week has joined the X Men, but uh, you know, that would be weird. Although maybe he's related to Beast. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know. But anyway, he um yeah. So he he his belly button is no longer a weird blue cloud. It's now an orange circle with an X on it. So, you know, that's, that's your, your gritty anatomy lesson for the week, <laughs> which is again, weird, but whatever it's gritty. Let's just move on. The other thing that gritty has gotten up to this week is, so the flyers have a, a new goalie and this is apparently their seventh goalie so far this year. Wow. Uh, this guy named Mike McKenna and Honestly, seven goalies in, in hat not even half a season. Like it it it's honestly it's it's at the point where if I didn't detest the flyers so much, I would consider throwing my own hat in the ring. But uh you know, I I really don't like the Flyers. So no American rhino for you. Anyway, so Mike McKenna, this new goalie for the Flyers, he had gritty painted on his mask. Oh no. And so He approached Gritty, I guess, in the locker room or or in the vicinity of the locker room and asked if he wouldn't mind signing, autographing his mask, which Gritty was happy to oblige. So now uh, Mike McKenna is is skating around with an autographed Gritty on his head. And he he did seem to anger and offend Gritty just a little bit, because while Gritty was signing the mask, I guess making conversation, uh, Mr. McKenna Kind of casually asked him, oh, did you get your pregame nap in? Gritty kind of, I'm nodding my head, you know, emphatically because Gritty, he, he nodded his head emphatically. You can't obviously see what I'm doing. I don't know why I do these things. Habit, I guess. So, yeah, Gritty was was totally on board with, yep, sure did. And then he asked, oh, Jeff, you you're, your, you know, I guess you had your customary pregame meal, maybe like 10 plates of pasta. And Gritty did not approve of that comment <laughs> He 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 suddenly got very serious and glared at the guy and just kind of, you know, perfunctorily continued signing. He's like, oh, no pasta. Okay, maybe chicken or uh, or soup or something anyway. But yeah, so gritty. Apparently, gritty is a little touchy about his diet. I don't understand why. I mean, I'm Italian. So uh,
1: being offended by pasta is something that just does not compute. (laughs) I don't know. Perhaps it was the quantity implied. Either way, uh, He's a big, just big dude. Doesn't
0: compute. I I don't understand. I can't relate. That's oh, and there was foreign. there was one more actually. I I spoke too soon. There was one more detail revealed about Gritty's anatomy, and oh, no. that is that his hands squeak for some reason. He squeak. Yes, his, he he gave Mike McKenna a high five, and his hands squeaked. He, uh, he grabbed the mask to sign it, and his hands squeaked. He shook his hand, and they squeaked. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, I, I say this all the time, but Gritty is just bizarre. There There is no explanation for Gritty. Uh, if you have squeaky hands, I don't think you're going to make it in the NHL. So maybe yeah. that says
1: something about the Flyers and their their mascot but that is really you said it that is odd
0: he also again it, it wouldn't be worth mentioning but since we're doing a segment and we try to or at least i try to you know make these uh nice round threes in terms of reporting on gritty this 10-year thing that's been sweeping facebook and instagram where it's become a meme where you know oh 10 years ago and and this is what I look like now gritty also was cajoled into posting one of those and the the 10 years ago picture was just like a black <laughs> just a black screen you know because obviously gritty just just came around and and gritty was hidden away in his secret layer until recently uh, although After being pressed, he eventually released a grainy picture of himself hiding under the stands at the Wells Fargo Center with a pizza. So I I guess he came out occasionally like a pizza grit (laughs) and, uh, you know, and and swiped whatever Philadelphia considers pizza. Very well said. All right. Anyway, so not, you know, overly outlandish this week, but we have served our purpose. And uh, that has been this week in Gritty. This This week in Gritty. I reckon that's about going to do it for this episode to hit the deck. What say you, James? I'll follow your lead, sir. All right. Well, in that case. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. And I will also thank you not to post any more pictures of demolishing Shea Stadium on your Facebook feed. Oh, that was that was heartbreaking today. I just some some things you just don't want to see. Like you just. Oh there's all kinds of oh, oh oh my poor heart i don't know if i can take it anyway not the point i would like to thank you pops for being the voice of the podcast and thank you to anthony sejazi for providing us with music thank you to the liq for providing us with sound effects and of course thank you to you dear listener for listening to another episode of hit the deck and uh, you know supporting us in whatever way You choose to do so if you would like to interact with us in some way, if you have an opinion on the all star jerseys or if you have an opinion on, you know, gritty or the offsides rule in hockey or 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 you know captain planet even the power is yours and by that i mean you can email hit the deck at gmail.com deck is spelled d-e-k and you can tweet at us at hit the deck pod or hit us up on facebook or instagram we are at hit the deck and you know, let us know what you think. We want to talk to you. So, you know, feel free to do that. And while you're doing that, subscribe to our humble podcast, please. So you don't miss out on any of this high quality entertainment, you know? So the next time we shoot out one of these podcasts, it can go straight into your feed. No extra work for you. It'll just be there. Bam, you know, bing, bang, boom, right, right, right there on your phone or whatever. So, Get on that and and also subscribe to us on YouTube just because. (laughs) just Because I said so. James, is there
1: anything you would care to add? You're the best. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And if you're interested in joining any leagues, please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League and the Raleigh Street Hockey League. Also the LIQ and the Raleigh Street Hockey League will have their Ironman tournament coming up on February 9th, 2019.
0: Thank you, James. And uh, it is incumbent upon me to end the podcast in the traditional manner. So I say this to you, dear listener, whether you are expanding a league to include the, the little boys and the little girls of your local township or area, or whether you are being a big brother or a big sister to the hockey community and raising money for a great cause, Whether you are saving the planet by engineering some brand new apparel, or whether you are, I don't know, making really weird anatomy choices when you're designing a mascot. Regardless of what you find yourself doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's Deck Hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. All right. What were we talking about? I was going to ask you that question.